from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways. Yes, that's right. We're the guys that tackle all those unsolved mysteries and solve them for you. This week, well, let me introduce my co-hosts. First, I'm Joe, starring along with... Devin. And... Steve. All right. So let's get Did rolling. Did you know we're starring? Yeah, I didn't know. Star, yeah, we're, we're no. starring. We're stars. It's like movie credits. Yeah. yeah. I feel fancy. Uh, we are. Yeah. Where's my limo? <laughs> Where's my groupies? That's what I really want to know. I wish I wore my good shoes for this. Yeah. Um, no, you yeah. give off that like effortless, like celebrity slob vibe. Oh, I really uh, kind of do. Yeah. yeah. You're lucky I shaved today. I know. It's been a week. I know. Mm. It's been about a week for me too, actually. Okay, let's just, let's get into this thing. So this week, in honor, again, of the month of October and Halloween, we're talking, we're, we're, we're uh, talking about serious, creepy, grisly gory stuff yeah. yeah so yeah so we're, uh, we're gonna give you another one of those to, uh, this week it's uh, we're gonna talk about the axeman of new orleans or if you actually live in new orleans you want to probably call this the axeman of nolens <laughs> but this uh by the, by the way this was a listener suggestion and mm-hmm. I, I unfortunately can't off the top of my head remember i apologize but uh, if i remember your name i will i will maybe next week Dear listener. Bring everybody up to speed on that. Whoever stuff. you are, yeah. we're going to add a dear listener segment. Yeah, do mm. uh, do, th- do thank you for the uh, for the suggestion though. This is a, a fun, grisly, disgusting kind of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why does fun not go in that whole string of words that uh, he just used? Yeah. 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 Well, I guess it's worth the mention, right? Just like last week, this week. 
Maybe if you have like kids that you like to listen to this podcast with, or you're squeamish, or like you're at work, this yeah. is probably not. You might want to skip. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's not that bad. And at least you know you're only hearing our words. You're not actually seeing you know, people getting chopped up with an axe. And by the way, that uh, that that is what the axe man was all about. He was an axe murderer. All right, so the axe man was a serial killer in New Orleans, and also he actually murdered a few people outside. There's a suburb of, of New Orleans called Gretna, which is right across the river. And then he he operated between May 1918 and October 1919. So just like uh, a year, kind of. A year and a half, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. year and a half before, and uh, apparently uh, a, a police detective. At the time these were going on, tried to connect them to some murders that took place earlier on, about 1911, 1912. Uh, it's generally believed that they were not connected. Okay. Yeah, so, the, the MO wasn't exactly the same. Yeah, not exactly. And actually, uh, of all the all the, the killings and attacks that, that were attributed to the Axeman, I'm not sure all of these, you know, that, that people count towards the Axeman, I'm not sure all of these were actually the same guy. I don't think. But, all right. But anyway, they were usually attacked with an axe, uh, sometimes a straight razor. Uh, one account of the last murder, which is Mike Pepitoni, he was killed in October 1919, uh, says that he was not beaten to death with an axe, but he was beaten to death with a pipe. Often the, the weapon was laying around. They, they would have, obviously, a lot of people heated their homes with, with wood in those days, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. people would have hatchets and axes laying around. So he would uh, break into the house, grab an axe, and go to town. Uh, many of them were also Italian shopkeepers, which led some people to suspect a mafia connection. And that is plausible, actually. Uh, led other people to suspect that maybe the X-Men just didn't like Italians. Also plausible. Yeah, it's yeah. plausible. Yeah. As an Italian person, I feel like. Uh, you know, especially in those days. Yeah, not everybody likes pepperoni pizza, so yeah, it's understandable. They're crazy, yeah, but so. not everybody does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, he generally entered the homes by chiseling out a panel, like a, you know, you know what a frame and panel door looks like when you've got multiple panels in it. He'd, he would take a chisel, chisel out a panel, and I'm not sure how he managed to do this stealthily. You would think that would wake people up inside. Let me let me just clarify because this was something that it wasn't exactly positive that I got, but I thought I did. So when you say a panel, so let's say I buy a new door. At Home Depot, and they call it a six-panel door, which means there's the big, thick wood frame, uh-huh. and then there's six thin panels inset into mm-hmm. the door. So let's Rectangles. say the door is like an inch and a half, and they drop to a half-inch depth. And there's those panels that make kind of that pattern. Is the that... rectangles? Is that what yeah. we're Yeah, yeah the rectangles that like... are in a door. That's oh. the I... panel, right? Yeah, I have some pictures here of some of the doors that were actually chiseled open. So you can get an idea. I'll hold it up to the microphone in a moment as soon as my co-host... Okay, okay. yeah, no, that that's exactly yeah. what I was talking about. Yeah. It is one of those... Because old doors... Yeah. Doors now aren't made of actual wood. They're formed out of sawdust, mm. press wood, basically. But well, old yeah. doors... Some of them are... Some of them, even today, you can get a wood door. Yeah, but, but yeah, old doors, it was a solid frame on the exterior, uh-huh. and then it was pieces inset, and then inside of that were smaller, thinner wooden panels. And those mm-hmm. smaller, yeah. thinner wooden panels would have had uh, the framing around them, kind of like you see in older windows. So you'll see the the beveled edges that actually hold the molding. glass in. Yeah, yeah. the molding. Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying is that he was chiseling that molding away to then be able to pull that piece of wood out yeah. to, to reach into the door. Is that correct? Yeah, and that, uh, uh, that's what I would suspect is that he got the once he had an opening, he could reach inside and unlock the, the door from the inside. That's just such a... Uh, okay. Some wow. people, uh, some people, well, actually, 
theorized that the X-Men was a midget or a dwarf. Because they thought, thought, well, how could could a full-size a full size person. person fit through that, that mm-hmm. small hole. And you guys saw how small those holes were. Yeah. I don't yeah, think like it, six or 12 inches at the best. Yeah, but, I don't think a person no, I, I, full I don't, stop I, I, fits through I, I there. don't think a dwarf is going to fit through yeah, there Yeah, I think you, you know, reach your arm through. Yeah, he reached through, you know, but so that, that's kind of a silly idea. But he often, uh, he, would, he would pull the panel out, leave it there, leave it there, sitting there with the chisel, which makes me wonder, why didn't the cops check out the records to see who charged a dozen chisels to his MasterCard? Ha! I mean, <laughs> Or, you know, go to all the Home Depots and ask if somebody had, like, bought a dozen of, a dozen or so chisels. Maybe he um, was working at Home Depot. Well, oh, no, wait. Be. Wait. This or is maybe the, Home Depot didn't wasn't maybe, there. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. They maybe hadn't that. expanded yeah. that area yet. Maybe yeah. that. So, anyway, before I start uh, talking about the murders, uh, the X-Men sent a very famous letter, which I am not going to read. I might read, a, I might read a snippet of it, but he sent this very famous letter to a local paper saying that he was going to swing by the city at 12.15 a.m., that's just after midnight, on March 19, 1919, and said that he was going to kill somebody, that he would spare the lives of anybody who was playing jazz, playing jazz music in their homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently there was a lot of jazz played that night. But that leads me to suspect that maybe the letter wasn't written by the Axeman, but it was written by maybe a frustrated jazz musician and who wanted to gin up a little business for himself. If it was written by the Axeman, and I've read that letter, uh-huh. the Axeman is a loon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Seriously off their rocker. Yeah, like the yeah. things that are said in that letter, something alluding to I am, you know, basically the spirit of death and yeah. I'm ephemeral and yada, yada, yada. It's just like, whoa. Yeah, because yeah. that's unusual for somebody who goes around hacking people up I was with about an to app. say, you're very high on what you're doing yeah. and, and what you're getting out of. And it's, it's, that just tells me right there that the, uh, the person that was doing this, if it is what one person. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, you'd have to be off your rocker to want to go slaughter people with an axe anyway. Yeah, anyway, so the uh, if you want to do a Google on that, there's a, the Wikipedia page, and also practically every other page that talks about this. Has Just re- about everyone has, has that the letter. letter. I, I, will, I will congratulate the axe man on uh, good writing. I thought it was a very well-written letter. <laughs> um, it is. I like it, actually. Yeah. It's well-written. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of a lot. You should read it. It does. It, it is a great out, cover letter. I'm just gonna go ahead and throw out there. It starts out esteemed mortal. I know. <laughs> I know. That's and, the and, salutation. And notice, on this. And notice where it comes from. It says hell, comma March 13th, comma 1919. Esteemed mortal. Yeah. They've never caught me, and they never will. You're I'm not going it. any further. No. Oh, okay. I just like want to give people a little snippet of like. I mean, you know, do we need to read this? Do you want to read part of it? Oh, I'll read, let me read one. Well, or do you want to do it now, or do you want to do it in context of the time when the letter came in? Because it comes in well, that's a good point. after a majority it, or a good does. number of the the slayings have happened. It actually does. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so we'll talk about the letter a little later. Uh, so let's talk about the departed. So the first victims were Joseph and Catherine Maggio. I think it's Maggio. Uh, Sounds about right. Yeah, he was an Italian grocer, uh, and, and like like many people back in those days, they had uh, an apartment in the back or above their store or mm-hmm. their bar or whatever they had. Uh, so May twenty second, nineteen eighteen, um, he uh, broke into their home, and then he cut their throats with a straight razor. Uh, hmm. The straight razor apparently belonged to Joseph Maggio's brother. Like he, it was in the house, and he just used it, or um, it's hard to say exactly how he got his hands on it. But uh, essentially, he he cut their he cut their throats, and then took an axe to them and bashed them too. Mm. And uh, he cut Catherine's neck so deeply that he nearly decapitated her. Oh my goodness! Yeah. 
So uh, Joseph stable. actually is very stable. Yeah. So Joseph Maggio actually survived for a few hours. He was bleeding uh, uh, severely. That's and, almost worse. Yeah. And his brother. I know. Seriously. I want it quick. <laughs> so his uh, his brother lived in the apartment next door, and mm. apparently uh, at some point during the night he woke up and heard these strange moans coming from the other side of the wall. He started knocking on the wall and got no response. So he went around and got and came into their home and found them. And, of course, obviously... That was, couldn't have been fun. No, no, and I don't think so. In the apartment, the, they found a, a bloody set of clothes, cause, so apparently the murderer had uh, brought a clean set of clothes to change into when he was done. Hmm. And uh, the straight razor was found on the lawn of a property very nearby. I don't know if it was right next door or a few, a few lots away, but they, that was found a day or two later. And uh, it turns out, this, as again, the straight razor belonged to the brother who ran a barbershop. Mm. And apparently he had it at the barbershop, and he, he had told a co-worker that he was taking it home or taking it out to get it fixed because it had a notch in the blade, and a notch in the edge. Mm. Uh, so anyway, he, naturally he became, uh, he became a, a big suspect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was, but he was released because they really couldn't, they really couldn't get any, have any evidence on him, and he didn't have any real obvious motive. Yeah, so first two murders. I just, yeah. uh, like, they used the straight blade of the brother. The brother found them. Mm-hmm. He lived right next door. It is a little suspicious, huh? He didn't hear, like, screaming or anything, but mm-hmm. he did hear knocking a little bit later. Yeah. It just... Well, uh-huh. and, and the most disturbing part of... Hearing knocking later is yeah. somebody flailing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this again, I know, I, know I, I made this joke last moans. week, but it's like it makes me think of Sweeney Todd again with the this straight one razor. Especially, uh-huh. yeah. But yeah. I can just think of that, that weird, you know, I'm desperate for help, and this is just one of those weird places my brain goes to again. Mm-hmm. But you're there, you're helpless, you know that you're not in a good place, and you're trying to get somebody's attention. The only thing you can do is bang on the wall because you can't make noise because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you've had your throat slit. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a powerless feeling. That would suck. Yeah, I guess I just, you know, again, it's like, okay, well, even if it was like moaning or just like knocking, like, that woke his brother up, but like, surely someone screamed. Like, not necessarily. I mean, the thing about it is, is uh, if the guy was quick enough and stealthy enough, he could slit their throats before they could wake up and start screaming. And oh, once, yes, once that's your, true. Once your throat is slit, you really can't scream. That's definitely true. Yeah. All right. Well, fair. I was gonna. So, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say is that let's think about this, and I, I don't want to go into too much detail, but I'm just trying to think of how could you kill one person without the other knowing when they're sleeping side by side? Well, if he killed the wife first. Well, and, but there's two ways that you can think about it: is he was on her side of the bed and he cut her throat and then moved across and went to the husband's side Uh or what's even more disturbing is remember that most people i i I presume most couples these days sleep in something that equates to at least a queen-size bed Mm -hmm. in that day and age a queen-size bed was a luxury Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you're more in something that's along the lines of a single Mm -hmm. so if you're both on your backs or on your sides person can lean over and get one and then the other and that that would explain why one was like pretty well done and the other was less well done right the farther one he's got to put a little more effort to get to i mean i'm bemoaning this let's move forward yeah yeah so So the brother was 
deemed not a suspect uh, anymore. Yeah, well, he okay. was still deemed a suspect, but they had no, they really had nothing on sure. him. Okay. So the next murder was a guy named uh, Louis or Louis Besumer. I think and, it's Louis. Yeah, is it Louis? Okay, Louis. Usually. Louis yeah. Besumer and uh, his mistress, Harriet Lowe. Harriet actually survived this one. So he was, uh, he was struck with a hatchet in the head. And, and this so is in June of 1980. Oh, yeah, yeah, June 1980. So a little more than a month since the, the previous one. Mm. Uh, again, you know, the axe murder, he, he used an axe, but he didn't necessarily chop people to pieces with the axe. He just beat them to death. Because mm. an axe is, an axe is a, just a, a kick-ass hammer, let's face it. Yeah, it's it really a very, very big hammer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he got, a, he, bought a, he got a skull fracture from that, and his uh, mistress, Harriet Lowe, was also hacked, and uh, she was unconscious. And uh, they were discovered by the, uh, the driver of a bakery wagon uh, named John Zanka. He found them in a puddle of blood, and they were both bleeding. And the axe, which again belonged to Basumer, mm. uh, was found in, the, found in the bathroom of the apartment. Well, and, and if I remember right, the only reason the delivery guy found them is it was a grocery, correct? Yeah, Joe? yeah. So he was at, yeah. So he was a delivery guy, and mm. he, he showed up at whatever his normal time is. Yeah. And, and they weren't there. You know, Lewis, or, Lewis is supposed to be there, and he's mm. always there, and he's not he's there. Not this there, is weird. So, yeah. and so he went over to the residence, so, or and, yeah. up to the residence, or around to the residence, whichever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And that's how he walked in on this mm. thing. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't arrest him for it though. So, but they they found they found a guy named Louis Ubicon, who was a forty-one year old black guy. So that's probably why they arrested him. You know, black guy. At that time, yeah, yeah. especially yeah. at that, yeah, time. at yeah. that time, that's unfortunately yeah. so, the practice. That, that apparently, this guy had had worked in the store, and so uh, I'm not really clear if he had worked in the store, been fired, or if he'd just been hired. But apparently, that was a, that was enough for the police. Uh, but they had no evidence, so they finally had to let him out. He did offer some conflicting accounts of his whereabouts on the on the, the day of the attack, but uh, despite that, they really didn't have anything on him, so they had to let him go. And then uh, Basumer himself was uh, was actually given um, a, a fair amount of scrutiny, and the police decided that they they'd seen a bunch of letters, they'd found a bunch of letters in German, Russian, and Yiddish um, in his house, and they decided that he was potentially, possibly a German spy. So they undertook a full investigation of that, and Harriet Lowe finally told police that she thought he was a German spy. Eventually, he was released, and um, oh, because he he survived too. They both survived. Well, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, Lewis died. Basumer died, right? But Lowe Louis. survived. Mm-hmm. Louis. Louis. Okay. Yeah, Louis no, actually... died, but his his mistress Harriet survived. Mm-hmm. Correct? No, no, actually, no. no they Louis, both. Louis, oh, both Louis. of them survived. Well, they survived. Eventually, what happened with Harriet Lowe is that uh, from that the blow to blows to her head from the hatchet, it, it, it damaged some nerves, and she wound up uh, mm. basically paralyzed on one side of her face. And so she underwent surgery to try to fix that, and she died in surgery. But she was she was kind of an unreliable witness to the whole thing because she yeah. kept putting out really weird statements, and and I'm quoting her saying something along the lines of, "Oh no, it was a mulatto man. Uh-huh. No, it was a big tall man," and mm-hmm. like things yeah. just got all muddled. But I'm sorry if you've been struck in the head with an axe, you might not yeah. have the best recall. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. So I don't know. It's a, and, but again, they, they they kept arresting people, and they could never they could never pin it on anybody. But anyway, after she died, uh, again, that a lot of attention had 
turn to Basumer, and so the police arrested him and charged him with murder since she died for reasons relating to the attack. Mm-hmm. And he actually went to prison, but but, um, but eventually they, when the trial came around, uh, he was acquitted after a 10-minute jury deliberation. So, <laughs> <laughs> Solid evidence yeah. right there. Obviously, Solid evidence. Yeah, the jury didn't want to waste any more time on this. Oh, yeah, and, and she did say, Harriet Lowe did say that uh, she believed that it was Louis Basumer who had attacked her, but I don't know. She doesn't sound the most, like the most reliable person. Mm. Uh, okay, so next up, the next attack did not result in death. Uh, somebody named Mrs. Schneider, I don't, I don't know why, nobody seems to know what her first name is. Weird. Yeah, uh, yeah August 5th, 1918, so uh, it's a couple of months have gone by. She was pregnant, 28 years old, found a dark figure standing over her, and was bashed in the face repeatedly. Uh, and several cuts, lacerations, etc. Mm. And uh, she was found by her husband when he came home about midnight. She said she didn't really remember much about the attack. Apparently, she remembered, you know, a dark figure looming over her. The husband said that nothing was stolen, and the windows and doors did not appear to have been forced open. So they fig- they figured that, and the police figured that the the weapon was a lamp that was nearby. So the guy mm. just came in, picked up a lamp, bashed her in the head with it a bunch. Uh, but she didn't die. And this one, I, I kind of wonder if this one is not even related to the X-Men because, you know, it's well, not really, not really his MO. Here's it, it. And you know what? This is, this is my MO in every one of these stories like this is that when you get into the middle of the, one of these stories is that this guy's MO changes. Oh Yeah. Now, there's no reason you have to stick to the same MO every but time. But when we're when we're looking at these kind of stories where it's a presumed serial killer, things are usually consistent. The shot with a 44, they're attacked with a machete, something like that. But in each one of these cases, the only thing that seems to be consistent is that it's a weapon that's found in their home, which is just a weird... It's a, it's uh-huh. a weapon found in their home used to attack their head. Yeah, which and is just usually, strange. Uh, it, yeah. it doesn't fit what we see normal... Normal's the wrong word, but typical behavior mm-hmm. in these. So well, it's just and, it's odd to And me. we have also talked a little bit about the phenomena of like piggybacking. No. When there's a serial killer, when there's like a couple, and then somebody's like, oh, you know, I have been meaning to attack that person. I have been meaning to murder somebody, and that would be a great time. And that would be I a know. great time. I'll I just know. like copy the MO of the serial killer. It'll get attributed to the serial killer, and no one will be the wiser. Know, that's why I'm, I'm really getting kind of impatient for a serial killer yeah, around here, because I've got a couple of people I need to off. And, We're not yeah. doing the show anymore. <laughs> Wow, that got. Can we go to the next one now that yeah. you made this super awkward? Yeah. Or did we actually have we left details behind about uh, Mrs. Schneider? Well, let's see. Hang on. Well, she had the baby, and mm-hmm. everything was fine there. We know that. Yeah. Did we say she was pregnant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She oh, was, I was. Yeah, I yeah, wasn't we, I did say she was pregnant. But yeah. Okay, so another another detail is that naturally the police went out and found an ex-convict named James Gleason, uh, and they arrested him. And of course, they released him because there was no evidence and. <laughs> It seems to be a recurring theme in this case. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then investigators began to speculate that the attack was related to the previous attacks, but I don't think, it, I don't think that this necessarily was. Yeah. It might have been. Yeah, this one seems like a weak link. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so our next victim was uh, a man named Joseph Romano. He was living with his two nieces August 10th, 1918. So this one came pretty quick on pretty the heels quick. of the last yeah. one. Yeah, they found the sound of a commotion. The or they, they, Pauline and Mary, his nieces, awoke to the sound of a commotion. 
uh, and came into the room. They discovered that he had taken a serious blow to the head and had two big open cuts when the assailant was fleeing the scene. But they were able to see that he was a dark-skinned, heavy-set man who wore a dark suit and a slouched hat. So it sounds like maybe Orson Welles. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, was, uh, he was actually injured, but he was able to walk to the ambulance, so he wasn't dead yet, but he died two days later because of the head trauma. Well, so. maybe they shouldn't have let him walk to the ambulance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, hey, I, you got these huge cuts. You're feeling good? Okay, cool. Well, why don't you just like get up and walk yourself to the ambulance? It's not yeah. like it was paramedics of today Fair. with the folding stretcher. It was yeah. a, a cot on sticks, Probably for crime sakes. Probably would have been was, yeah. was Do we know, Joe, was this a ground floor apartment? or mm-hmm. uh, That I don't know. That's a good question. I'm okay. assuming it was, but maybe I not. would presume yeah. too. But yeah, uh, they did. They found a bloody axe in the backyard, and they discovered that uh, a panel in the back door had been chiseled chiseled away. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, you know that's pretty consistent with the axe man. Yep. And that this one, had, I mean, this was the the third attack like this. The fourth, if you count Mr. Schneider. So naturally, this touched off a lot of mayhem in the city, and pe- people got all kinds of upset and, and worried, and probably you know probably started buying guns if they didn't already have them. Mm-hmm. Although this is New Orleans, so I imagine just about everybody had a gun. <laughs> you wouldn't think. Something. Right? But yeah. if you're asleep, it's hard to defend yourself with a yeah. gun. Yeah. Especially when you wake up to getting bashed in the head with an axe. Yeah. And this is when the, the tie-in began to the uh, the murders in 1911, 1912. Uh, a retired detective named John D'Antonio speculated that they might be related to the same thing because of, of similarities in the attacks. Um and then he want to. He would speculate even further. And I think this is just kind of silliness here. But he 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 described. He basically tried to, tried to profile the the killer as an individual with dual personalities who killed without motive and basically just had you know two personalities. When he slipped into his uh, killer mode, you know his other personality maybe even wasn't aware of it. That, and there's no reason, there's no evidence to support any of that. No, that yeah. sounds like sensationalization mm-hmm. right there to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to detract from this, and I know that sometimes we fall into that, but this just sounds like I'm making a statement to the news to generate awareness, and uh, I'm not buying that. Yeah. So, anyway. I almost wonder if it was, like, a ploy to, like, convince the murderer to come forward. Because mm. if you oh, heard that, Yeah, like, if you had heard that, like... Oh yeah, we think it's this person, and like we don't really blame him because like we think it's just like dual personality. He can't control it. He doesn't even know he's doing it. And you were like, "Oh, well, I have been killing people." Nah, what, or I guess I should tell them. I mean, it, it, I it, can't control. Oh, sorry, it could be that uh, that you know that might actually be a worthwhile tactic in a situation like this to make statements that you know aren't true, and uh, on the the. Because, because you know the killer is almost certainly reading the papers, and mm-hmm. he might be tempted to try to contact you and right. set the record straight, right. and. Uh, you know, he's not going to necessarily turn himself in. Sure. But even writing a letter might provide mm-hmm. a clue or two. Oh, anyway, let's move on here. I don't want to spend too much more time on the victims. Uh, the next ones were, and I apologize if you're Italian and this is your last name and I mispronounce it, Charles Cortemiglia Cortemiglia, and Rosie and Mary Cortemiglia. So a guy, his wife Rosie, and his, their daughter Mary. He lived in Gretna, which is just across the river from... New Orleans, so it's, it really is pretty much part of New Orleans. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So March tenth, nineteen nineteen. Notice, notice the big gap there too between August tenth mm-hmm. and March tenth. It's quite a few months. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Where sure. the heck was he? I know. I mean, he might have been off murdering people elsewhere, or he could have been maybe in jail. Maybe he did a little stint in jail. Oh, hard to say. So screams were heard coming from their house. Uh, a guy named Orlando Giordano 
<laughs> yeah, went across the street to, to, to investigate the screams. When he got in there, he noticed that Charles and his wife Rosie and their infant daughter Mary had all been attacked. Rosie was alive with a head, with a head wound, but her daughter was dead. And Charles was laying on the floor bleeding. They were rushed to the hospital, and they both had uh, skull fractures. And uh, as in previous incidents, nothing was stolen from the house. A panel on the back door had been chiseled away, and a bloody axe was found on the back porch of the home. Uh, Charles was released in a couple of days, and he survived. And then Rosie stayed in med under medical care because she was more seriously injured. When she woke up, she claimed that the, the guy that uh, rushed to the scene, Orlando Giordano, they, he and his son were supposedly responsible for the attacks. Orlando was 69 years old, and uh, it was thought that he was too, probably too old and frail to have actually done this. But his son was a lot younger and was six feet tall and weighed 200 pounds, so uh, you know he possibly could have done it. But, it, but Charles uh, Cortemiglia did, said that his wife's claims were wrong, and so and she had been bashed in the head. Well, they yeah. yeah. And Again, so, the same thing. You've been wailed in the head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Head traumas can really can really do a number on you. Believe mm-hmm. me. I mean, yeah, yeah, it really <laughs> screws up your short term oh, yeah. memory. Oh yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Also, you know, given that she saw him right after the attack, right? Rushing you know, I think in. that Maybe like she misunderstood the situation. Yeah, yeah, that you could think. Yeah. So you, you associate the attack and a person, and your brain is just like that person was there. So yeah, you that, think that, that, that weird person tie. did it. Yeah. 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 So I don't know what, if any other evidence was available, but uh, they were arrested, they were tried, and they were found guilty. Frank, the younger, the younger one, was sentenced to hang, and his father was sentenced to life in prison. And about a year later, Rosie retracted uh, her statement. Didn't her <laughs> husband um, divorce her? Because he was like, no, that's not true. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, and he, then she kept I, saying, yeah, it's true. And he was like, D- you're such a liar. I haven't. Divorce. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that was the actual reason for it. That might have been part of the reason. Part I, don't, of I, don't, I, don't, I know he did divorce her, but I, I'm not sure. I also think, and this is very symptomatic of situations like this, is uh-huh. that their, their child, who is an infant, has been killed. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that does not do good things for a relationship. Oh, and yeah. It, well, it's yeah. usually the catalyst for things not continuing mm-hmm, to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, sure. So it could have been very well that it wasn't his issue with her claims of the guilt of this man, mm-hmm. but just they couldn't reconcile what had happened. Mm-hmm. So that's also a reason for why they would have split. Sure. Yeah, sure. so anyway, I... Whatever the reason, I don't know. And I don't know what happened to her. You would think that if she had uh, made false accusations like that, she could be arrested and jailed herself. Could but be, I but also, know. I mean, I, I think you give some leeway for head injuries like that. Yeah, there's mm. there's the sympathetic aspect there for, you know, concussed mother who lost child. I mean, I, I can see why they wouldn't go after her, but I don't see why they went after these other two gentlemen either. But. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had to arrest somebody. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> so about uh, about three days after this incident, uh, the Axeman sat down and penned that famous letter, the one from hell, March, dated March 13, 1919. Esteemed mortal, they have never caught me and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the eater that surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Arlenians and your foolish police call the axe man. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe, besmeared with blood and brains of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. 
guys let me know when you're done listening to this thing. We don't have to read the, the entire thing. Well, how much more have we got? Oh, that's only the second paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me skip a little bit here. Um, Undoubtedly, you Orleanians think of me as the most horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens, for I am in close relationship with the angel of death. All right, we, yeah. we can stop there. Yeah, that's just a... Uh, nutter. Yeah, total nutter. Nutter, nutter, nutter. Yeah. Okay, real quickly, though. I knew he wouldn't stop. Yeah. Once I, he gets on a roll. I know. I know. I'm so skipping a little bit, in my infinite mercy, I'm going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I'm very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the Netherian... By all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well, then, so much the better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not jazz it on Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. Okay, so that's uh, there's more, but just go out and read it. Yeah, that's a great letter. Yeah. Very well done. Yeah, no, it's a well-written letter. I thought uh, yeah, there's just I'd... that one weird, outstanding like paragraph. Basically, the rest of it is like kind of good. It's uh-huh. kind of like perfect axe murdery. No. I know it's just kind of sinister and yet and yet urbane and and, and a little crazy. Cuckoo's nest, but bit. like that's what you want from your axe murderer. You don't want your axe murderer to be like a totally normal Joe. Mm-hmm. No. Joe, yeah. Joe. What do we What do we got next? Yeah. Okay, so um, a little bit of time goes by, August 10th, 1919. This is uh, actually the the one occurred exactly a year before this. Interesting. I don't know if August 10th has Oh, I never noticed that, but there's a little symmetry there. Yeah, there is. Uh, So a guy named Steve Boca, another grocer, Mm. another Italian, uh, of course, uh, had an apartment above or next to his store, and he was attacked as he slept by somebody with an axe. Uh, He awoke, found a dark figure looming over his bed. Uh, got whacked, uh, but didn't get killed. His head had been sort of cracked open. He went to his neighbor's home where he collapsed, but he survived. And they found once again that a panel on the back door had been chiseled out. And uh, didn't the, uh, in this particular case, it didn't say anything about whether he left the axe behind or not. Mm. So he, he couldn't remember anything of the, any, any of the details of the attack, really. Our next victim, Sarah Laman. She was attacked on September 3rd, 1919. Uh, they, she lived alone. She was uh, 19 years old, and the neighbors... That seems odd for the time, but okay. I know, it is I know. a little weird. It is, yeah. yeah but uh, Without husband and without family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but apparently her neighbors, their, her neighbors kept an eye on her, and they, kept, they, they would come by and check on her. And uh, they, she wasn't answering the door, so they wound up breaking in, and they found her unconscious on her bed, severe head injury. And had some teeth broken out. Uh, the intruder apparently had entered through an open window and mm. hit her with a blunt object. Bloody axe was discovered on the front lawn, and so it was attributed to the axe man. Uh, she, again, like the previous guy, recovered, but couldn't recall any details about the attack. Okay, let, next, and this is our last victim, Mike Pepitoni, who was attacked uh, October 27, 1919. His wife, and I'm not really sure if they were sleeping in the same bed or what. It was. It's not rare, you know, for times like these for 
people to not be sleeping in the same bed or yeah. the same room or, yeah. you know, it's, whatever. It's, for yeah. proper reasons of moral standing or, or maybe because somebody snores or maybe, you know. Well, no, that is, that is a kind of a common thing. And actually, it's been proven that it's actually good for some people to sleep in separate mm-hmm. beds. But yeah. I'm just so, trying to determine, is this a, it's the 1950s husband-wife sleep in different beds kind of theory or she was just sleeping somewhere else? That's what no, I, I understand. It sounds to me like she was sleeping in a different room. Yeah, there's, there's the social stigma of sleeping in separate rooms didn't really come about until like the 60s. Well, you know, I watched Leave it to Beaver as a kid, <laughs> so I understand that that's the way it was supposed to have always been. Mm-hmm. You're really destroying a lot of my preconceptions of how life is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't have to buy that extra bed for my house. Anyway, Joe, but, what's you know, As you mentioned, like a bigger bed's a luxury, so like... If you, if there's any kind of sleep, you know, when you're sleeping in a queen bed with somebody, right? You're like, okay, well, that's mildly annoying. But if you're like trying to sleep on a twin mattress with somebody else, you're like, uh, nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Not tonight. No. Yeah. So anyway, you know, it's, uh, so I'm assuming that uh, from what I've heard about this, that they were in separate rooms. She hears some, she hears noise and she gets to his bedroom and a large axe wielding man is, comes out fleeing the scene and he'd been struck in the head. Uh, it was covered with blood. There was spatter all over the, the room, all over the walls. Mrs. Pepitone was not able to really describe the characteristics of the killer. Her description was just downright vague. Uh, and there's reason to suspect that maybe she didn't tell the police everything. Hmm. Yeah. And, and also, by the way, this is, the one, uh, this is the one where another version of this, he was not beaten to death or chopped with an axe. He was beaten to death with, a, with an 18-inch long pipe that had a big oh. nut on, the, on one end of it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, entirely possible. Again, this weird M.O. issue that I talked about earlier Uh that bothers me about this story. Mm. Yeah, It's always bothering me. Maybe he didn't have an axe laying around. Maybe he just had a big old piece of pipe laying around. Yeah, so anyway. I also want to, like, point out that for somebody who's, like, a quote-unquote serial killer, didn't really kill that many people. No, he was not. The majority of his victims survived. Yeah, he was uh, kind of incompetent. He didn't, he actually uh, didn't kill everybody. Yeah. That's if, if, if killing was the the intention, sure. you're right. Mm-hmm. Incompetent would be the word. If killing was not the intention, then fairly successful, yeah. except for a couple of screw yeah. ups. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, to be fair though, like that first one doesn't is actually like the least like the mo. Right, he like slit their throats, killing them, and then bashed their head in with a with the axe. axe. Yeah, so and then the rest be... of them, they were just like attacked. They were bashed over the head a bunch of times, and either they died from it or they didn't. But so, yeah. so that's odd to me. But yeah, it is. It's uh, you know, it might be that uh, a lot of these people didn't die because he didn't really intend to kill them. It said there's maybe. Uh, as in other serial murder cases, perhaps there was just one person that he wanted to murder, mm. for sure. So, and then he had to go around and make it look like a an, an, a random, unconnected string I, of serial killers. You, you, he you liked proposed that. this before. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. just think that is obscene I'm because there's just so much work involved. I uh, screw yeah. that. Yeah, I think I'm so. just gonna duck it and I, I, try and avoid the the heat and the mm-hmm. coppers. And see if I can get away with it. Yeah, there's that too. I mean, because a million people have done it and got away with it that way. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So that's just that's just that's just a long game, there. which I don't I don't think is is the is really the way this would go. Agreed. Mm-hmm. True. There is a pretty short list of suspects. Actually, there's only really two suspects. Yeah. yeah. This is again 
Steve's going to hate this, I think. Yeah. Right? He yeah. did it last week when we were like, oh, there's two suspects. Yep, kinda. only two. Well, did, did you, it, you've included in the list the one I sent you, right? Jake Bird. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I actually had to send him a suspect because this frustrated me so much. <laughs> I found a suspect. You just made uh, one up. Oh, totally. No. Yeah. No. I I had I, I had to keep digging, but it's just mm. difficult to find suspects in this story. Because yeah. I mean, again, we're talking the late nineteen ten to twenty. Yeah, yeah. the the record keeping is not an efficient process. Yeah, no so one was like backing up their hard drives or anything. It was it's literally yeah. a card catalog. Yeah. And handwritten notes in a vault, and oops, the police station burned down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that, uh, it's, 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 it's very all... frustrating. That's, uh, that's yeah. why I sent him a suspect. But okay. yeah, we're not going to go there. We're going to start we're gonna, with your first one, gonna because go with the I first like one. the first one better. Well, the first one, yeah, I think actually is a, is a better suspect. Um, so this guy's name was Joseph Momfrey. I've seen his name spelled so many different ways. Yeah. And... Uh, Mumfrey, Monfrey, Manfrey, Mumford and Son. Uh. Somebody called, yeah, somebody called him Leon J. Manfrey. Um, so this guy was shot to death in Los Angeles. Uh, again, accounts vary. This is, again, like so many of our stories, it's gotten so garbled over the years. Mm. He was shot to death in either December 1919 or December 1920 or December 1921. But definitely December. Yeah, definitely December, definitely in Los Angeles. A guy named Richard Warner did a lot of research on the mob in Los Angeles and New Orleans, and he's kind of um, recast his story as uh, mafia warfare rather than some sort of demonic serial killer, hmm. and which might explain all the Italians involved in the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Joseph Mumfrey was also known in New Orleans as Frank, quote, Doc, unquote, Mumfrey. And so that was probably his real name. He was involved, apparently, with the mob. He... Uh, he got involved in murders, extortions, bombings, kidnappings. He did all kinds of good stuff. Mm. He, relocate, he, re, he relocated to L.A. in late 1919. So if he was the killer, that would explain why the they killing stopped. stopped. Because he, he was later joined. Or the every, attacks, yeah, right? Yeah, and I'm not... And, uh, this is uh, a lot of a lot of this int- this interesting information I'm about to uh, unload on you all is is I want to give a little credit here. This crime writer named Michael Newton who did a lot of research and wrote a bunch of stuff on this. And also, again, that other guy, Richard, what's his face? <laughs> Richard Warner. Uh, Richard Warner pieced together most of this. I like so I Richard, what's his face? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Richard Warner pieced together most of this. So apparently, Mumfrey moved to L.A., opened a drugstore, and uh, because, oh, I didn't mention, he was called Doc. That was his nickname because he was actually a pharmacist by trade. <laughs> and so that explains the nickname. So he opens a drugstore. And I, I don't know if that was a fraud or maybe he was just wanted to get out of, get out of his life of crime. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. He was joined in Los Angeles by an associate from New Orleans, Angelo Albano. Or uh, Albano opened an Italian grocery. So, and guess what? He got he wound up dying apparently. Weird. Yeah, he disappeared. Italian grocers just remind me never to open. An Especially Italian when Doc Mumfrey's around. Yeah, right? I know. Albano Albano uh, after a, a year or two disappeared. His wife accused Mumfrey of murdering him. Oh yeah. Oh yes. yeah. This yeah. this is where it gets hairy. This is where it gets a little strange. So a few months after the disappearance, the co- he, he reported this to the police. The police basically did nothing, or maybe they investigated, but really couldn't come up with anything. Mumfrey went to the widow's house. She threat he threatened her and demanded money, and she shot him. Hmm. 
And her Good, name, strong, outstanding yeah. woman yeah. Yeah. of the community. Yeah, her name was Esther Albano. Mm-hmm. And she was also the widow of Mike Pepitoni. <sighs> yeah. Like, what? He's, he's the first victim? He's the last one. Last one. Or last, last victim. One. Oh, okay. Yeah, apparently the she one, went... The one who had like a bunch of kids and couldn't yeah, she manage had, like, to like describe... And yeah. just was like, well, I don't know who murdered my husband. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, apparently... Mm. Yeah, apparently she was she was out in L.A. and she met uh, Angelo Al- Angelo Albano and they got they wound up getting married and then of course he gets uh, apparently disappeared and murdered and so she told the police that uh, Mumphrey had actually killed two of her husbands because of this now she's accusing him even though she said at the time that Mike Pipitoni was killed that she didn't, didn't know. see didn't know mm. and gave very vague descriptions now she seemed uh, sure that Mumphrey actually was the killer. So it could be, well, it could be, I mean, well, anyway, she and her husband had been involved with the mafia, then obviously you don't, you don't tell the cops anything. That's right. just, you know, so, so that might well, Unless you it. want to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But of course, if that was the case, then I'm not sure why she's talking to the police at this point in time either. Well, I mean, I but, guess there's also the argument to be made, right, that like maybe she was going for Albano anyways, right? Like she wanted to be with him and... This is like the lady version of this, right? Like she wanted to be with Albano. And so Albano was like, hey, Murphy, you're pretty good at this killing thing. Why don't you go kill my lady's husband? Uh-huh. Oh, then, like she just had an affair on mm-hmm. the side cut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's, and that like, that's and then, juicy. That's, uh, that, that is a good theory. I like that theory. I mean, you know, hey, you've been killing all these people or attacking all these people. Why don't you like do me a favor? Uh-huh. You yeah. know, it would you explain know. why she ended up with a guy who was associated with Somebody who might have killed her husband. Okay, but yeah. but I, I just have to say that that would be the weirdest pillow talk ever. Oh, for sure. Uh, so I've totally been ha- hacking people up with hatchets or axes and lead pipes and straight razors, and you're the best, and I want to be with you ever. Oh, no, you're no, so no. great. No, no, that, no, no, but... no. It goes different than that. Yeah, it's but... The pillow talk is like, man... I really love you and I want to be with you, but my husband's in the way. Hmm. Do you know somebody who can maybe chop him up? Yeah, because you know you're part of the yeah. mafia. So, like, do you think you know somebody? And oh, then I totally he would know be a like, guy. Yeah, I know a guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll see if I can get him to do okay. it. I yeah. took it the wrong way. Yeah, that I it like... wouldn't have been Alapino. That it would have all been all. It still is creepy. Yeah, pillow talk. But... Sure. Well, you know. Yeah. If, if movies have taught me anything, it's that that very often happens. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Guys like yeah. Jack Nicholson and Jessica, what's your name? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yep. uh, so anyway, uh, he shot or she shot Mumphrey to death. Uh, she claimed self-defense, but she was arrested, tried and convicted for it anyhow. Mm. She was sentenced to 10 years and didn't do all that time. I think she only did two or three years. Mm. Uh, a man named, a crime writer, I just mentioned him actually a few minutes ago, Michael Newton. She searched or he searched the police and court records in Los Angeles and he couldn't find anybody named Mumphrey being killed at, at that time. So he was kind of trying to debunk this whole thing. But Richard Warner, the other guy, did actually uh, do a search, and he found a death certificate for Leon J. Manfrey, issued by Los Angeles County in 1919. Weird. Or 1921 or wherever. I can't remember now. But Well, the dates are mixed up. We don't yeah. have a solid date yeah, here. Yeah, so, so he did find that. So And this, this guy, uh, let's, let's, let's not forget, his name was uh, Frank, quote-unquote, Doc mm-hmm. Mumphrey, or Joseph Mumphrey, or God knows what, uh, he might have had a lot of aliases. Maybe, yeah. maybe Leon Mumphrey was his actual real name. Uh, I don't know. But, or maybe that's the fake ID that they found on him when they found his corpse. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. 
or the the one person who came to ID him. Yeah. Was like, oh yeah, that's Leon. Uh huh. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, that's that's our suspect. He may or may not be the guy. Um, nobody knows. He seems to be everybody else's favorite too. Okay, suspect number two, Jake Bird. So Jake Bird was a transient, uh, and he he moved all around the country. He took odd jobs, working as a laborer, working on railroads as a quote unquote candy dancer, which I. Which is a strange-sounding thing, but apparently gandy dancers are the, the guys that lay the tracks and maintain the tracks. So he did a lot of work on railroads doing that kind of stuff. Hmm. That's a weird phrase. Yeah, okay. I don't know why. I that's, don't understand it, but I'll just let it go. It's pretty random, I know. But he was born and raised in, guess where, Louisiana. Hmm. Yeah, born uh, December fourteenth, 1901, which would have made him 17 at the time of the first murder. Okay. Assuming that the 1911, 1912 uh, stuff I, I, is not connected. And I can't believe he's murdering people at 10 years old. <laughs> yeah, but, probably not. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's a disturbed individual mm-hmm. if that's the case. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't buy that. Yeah. Jake Bird was in and out of jail his whole life. Reportedly, he served over his lifetime a total of 31 years. Wow. Off and and yeah, how, how old was he when he died? He was uh, 40, 47, 48. Wow! Yeah, I know. He spent a lot of time in jail. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, I mean, that, and that's actually a good thing, because, I mean, if he was as prolific a killer as we are led to believe, then imagine how many more corpses he would have left oh, behind. Yeah. <laughs> if he had, yeah. So he was arrested October 30th, 1947, in good old Tacoma, Washington, one of my favorite towns to drive through. Mm. Yeah, he axe murdered two women. It was a, a lady. Uh, was a blue Axe blue. murdered. Please, ladies and gentlemen, pick yeah, that up. Axe, axe murdered. murdered. Axe murdered. He axe murdered him. With an axe that he found on their property, he was. Uh, it was a woman and her 17-year-old daughter, mm. and uh, yeah, he went inside and grabbed an axe from the woodshed outside. Apparently, went inside and uh, was apparently, according to some accounts that I read, trying to rape the mother, and then she resisted. He he started chopping her with the axe. The daughter comes in and tries to and interrupts, and so he, she gets hacked, and then he flees. And police see him fleeing the scene because the neighbors had called the police because mm. they'd heard all these screams. And uh, the police chase him, and they catch him. And uh, he claimed uh, he he claimed first that he had he didn't know what what they were talking about, but he had he had like um, blood and gray matter all over his clothes. <laughs> so a, yeah, I don't know. A, I don't know what you're talking about, officer. This is uh, my blood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was just totally bleeding on myself. Yeah, I had a bloody cool. nose. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the the judicial system was a, a little less sclerotic back in those days. It moved pretty quick. He was arrested in October, and he was tried in November. Mm. And uh, the trial lasted, I believe, two and a half days, and the jury deliberated, I believe, thirty-five minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, so uh, this is an episode of Law and Order. I know. Mm-hmm. So after he was convicted and he was sent to death row, he was in Walla Walla State Penitentiary. He asked for clemency. Basically, he wanted them to put off his date of death. And uh, his bargaining chip was he promised to confess to 44 other murders. He Holy said he had mackerel. knowledge of... He what? had committed uh, 44 other murders. Oh, my gosh. Or, or, part, or taken part in 44 wow. other murders. Wow. Yeah, this guy was a fairly successful serial killer. I mean, for, yeah, 48. Uh-huh. So, Having spent 31 years of his life in jail. So where all is he? Is he saying that he... He did all this killing because obviously it wasn't in just Washington. Yeah, no, it was all over the, all over the country. Uh, they were actually able to solve, I think, eleven or twelve crimes based on his confessions. Wow. Uh, not and some of the other ones they didn't believe him. But they found there were murders in Illinois, Colorado, Kentucky, Nebraska, Kansas, South Dakota, Ohio, Florida, Texas, Wisconsin, and of course Washington, where Tacoma mm. is situated. 
Uh, he didn't confess to anything in New Orleans. Uh, he was put to death July 1949, so that would have made him, what, 47 years old, 48 years old? 48. So the reasons to think he might have been the killer, well, he liked, he liked the whole axe thing. Apparently he, killed, he claimed to have killed a lot of people using axes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the axe man, he used an axe or an hatchet, a hatchet found at the victim's homes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's sneaky looking. I've seen pictures of him. So, <laughs> there you go. Wow, that's, that's <laughs> a credible reason, yeah, Joe. Yeah. Thank like you, buddy. I think he looks kind of shifty. Well, that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, the reasons I don't think he's a killer, nothing, in, in the case of the Axeman, he didn't take anything from the victim's homes. He wasn't there to rob them. And uh, in the case of Jake Bird, it seemed to me like the guy probably could have used money. He's, he was a transient, mm-hmm. taking odd jobs and stuff. Right. Yeah, if you see a bunch of stuff laying around that's valuable, if you see some cash, you're going to take it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's one reason I don't think he was the Axeman. Another reason is he did confess and gave details about a lot of murders, but he never confessed to anything in New Orleans. Well, that seems like so, the sort of thing you would have. Yeah, even though there are people who think that he was indeed the, the infamous Axeman of New Orleans uh, now. He didn't really volunteer to take credit for those. Hmm. Why wouldn't he? Well, then, yeah. you know, unless, you know, okay, again, this is trying to step into the mind of somebody that I've never met a mm-hmm. hundred years ago. Yeah. But maybe he has somebody in that area that he's protecting. In other words, yeah. you know, he might have had family that were involved in some of these things that he did or that helped cover it up, and he doesn't want to spill the beans on them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean this is complete and total just made up. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just trying to think, because if he is that prolific and he's from that area, why wouldn't he start there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Good place to practice your craft. You, yeah, you, you, people don't come upon just killing people at 30. They, they, you know, when they have this kind of serial compulsion, these thing, these behaviors, these things start out early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. So it seems like he, he would have been doing it where he lived. Now, I don't know, Joe. I never saw it when I read the information on Jake Bird, but. Do you know how old was he when he left New Orleans? Do you know? Uh, well, he was he was actually born and raised in rural Louisiana, so I don't. I'm not er, sure. Well, in Louisiana, in Louisiana, he left when he was 19. Okay, so, so he would have been in the area. Which, I mean, this is again, I'm uh-huh. I'm just yeah, leaking yeah. related oh, yeah. facts. 1919 is the last official yeah, attack, uh... and then he leaves the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. possible. There's a correlation yeah, there. It's possible, but of course, this is all. Everything about this guy, though, was was uh, you know, like his birth, his date of birth, where he was born, when he left rural Louisiana to travel the country. It was all basically what he told the cops. So he could have been lying about a lot of mm-hmm. stuff too. Um, and that and is I a also, problem. And the, uh, my biggest problem is like, why would you admit to some but not all of the murders that you well, have? especially if they were you know kind of this prolific sort of like beginning period where mm-hmm. like there's a lot of I guess kind of bargaining material there particularly to be mm-hmm. able to say like hey if you extend my life I'll admit to being the New Orleans axe murderer I mean yeah you know well and uh, the thing about it is is the act the, the New Orleans axe murders were the most notorious ones Those yeah. were the ones that got the most publicity you'd think that he would be in, in a sense it's just kind of twisted but you think he would be proudest of that accomplishment mm-hmm. and want to tell and want to tell the world about it you yeah. know I was the axe man I put and that city in fear I yeah. know everybody lived in terror of me of course until they listen to jazz music yeah you listen to jazz music you'll be fine 
Yeah, so anyway, another mystery solved. I, I, I really do buy, I think, the idea that this wasn't actually just a serial killer, but was really just mob warfare, uh, and that a lot of these people were involved. It with, is it yeah. is convenient, and because that, a yeah. lot of them were Ital- native Italians, and uh-huh, yeah. this is one of those, if not necessarily involved in, mm-hmm. this is an attack because you didn't pay your protection money kind of situation, yeah, which is something. known to have been practiced. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it would explain why they lived, right? Mm-hmm. That it was really punishment, not like actual attack on their lives. It, You know, if they were all shopkeepers that lived in their shops, it could be that they were like supposed to be smuggling something or supposed to be a front or... You know, just simply as you said, this. not paying their dues. I mean, there's definitely a lot that. of good, all kinds of mob things yeah. that you could been, see happening. Yeah, it could have been that kind of thing. It could have been warfare. Somebody was trying to say their rival gang is moving in and he's trying to take over. You know, so he mm-hmm. starts killing soldiers and stuff like that. Or yeah. you didn't, and, you didn't take my offer to be brought in, uh-huh. and I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna attack you mm-hmm. and kill you. So the next guy I go to, I say, hey, so that uh, that other shopkeeper. You didn't take my offer, and you saw what happened to him. Yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, I, I I still do believe that probably a few of these are, as you say, piggybacking people, yeah. you know, just opportunism. People mm-hmm. decide, yeah, time to settle that score. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, okay, so another mystery solved. <laughs> You're probably <laughs> Actually, to know. you know what? More than like ever, I've kind of... Actually, you know what I got to say is that from everything that we read online, mm-hmm. and anybody who's ever done any investigation in this... Joe has actually brought up some salient points that people don't always bring up. So I think that we've actually at least not yeah. shed some light mm-hmm. where yeah. maybe it's not been done. Where most people but, just focus on the letter and everything's. Ah, I think yeah, we did okay. The letter, yeah, yeah the letter was the letter was cool, but I'm not even sure the letter. We did was, awesome. Was written by the. Actor. We did fantastic. Oh yeah, we're fantastic. We totally solved it. No, we did. We did. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> so you're probably wanting to know, folks, our good listeners. You probably want to know where to send the money. Well. Yeah. No, No, actually, uh, you probably want to know where to find this, but of course you've already found this. But uh, maybe you found this in one place, but you don't know about the other places to go find this. So let's start from the top, thinkingsidewayspodcast.com, our webpage. You will find all kinds of good stuff out there, links to uh, where you can download our show Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, You can also find us on iTunes. And if you find us on iTunes, please take the time to stop, give us a rating, give us a review. We'd really appreciate it. If you don't have time to go download us, then you can stream us on Stitcher. And by the way, everybody knows that we drop our shows on Thursdays, Thursday mornings, yeah. which uh, I, I, I'm remiss to say that we haven't mentioned before, but for our friends who are in Australia that we know are downloading, I guess that's Friday afternoon. Yeah, oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Totally discovered that the other day by accident, realized I screwed up when we said that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, also, we're on Facebook, so definitely find us on Facebook and friend us and comment and post stuff to our site or whatever, or to our... What what do they call it these days? Timeline. Yeah. How does how does the Facebook yeah. thing work? I don't know. How Who does knows? it work? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know. You can like us, you and like you, us, can you can join the group. And you can join right? the group. And the group is and actually it, having some. There, there has been people are continually joining the group, and it's actually making some fun interactions and discussions. So yeah, I'm really sure. I I actually enjoy the group more uh-huh. than the page, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, last of all, if you'd like to communicate with us, you don't have our phone number, and you never will. But uh, you can have, uh, well, maybe some of you will, I don't know. But you can email us at thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. And, and believe me, you don't always necessarily get a reply back or get your email read over the show, but we do read each and every one of your emails. Actually, everybody gets a reply back. Everybody I, gets, okay. Every email that we get that is not somebody that says, Dear sirs and gentlemen, I am the account holder from. Uh, um, yeah. No, those guys those guys get put in the spam box. Yeah, the ones but that we, are obviously We reply bots, to everybody. Know. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, I know you don't because you're not a part of it, but I'm a, Steve and I'm a I, slacker. No, I, yeah. I, I check the email account occasionally, but I'm not as assiduous about it as you guys it's true, are. true, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that whole, it pops into my phone thing. Yeah, but speaking but, of email, don't we, I think we, we've gotten a bunch of emails, and there was one, we that, do. You, there was one that you wanted to read, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and I, I wanted to say, I think you touched on this a little bit, Joe, is we, this week alone, and of course we pre-record the shows, mm-hmm. so the week that we're recording, we got a bunch of email traffic, and everything was great, and for everybody who sent us an email with suggestions, and, and kudos, and accolades, and all that... Appreciate that. But there's one that I really, really enjoyed, and that's what I wanted to read. Oh, okay. Read away. Uh, this is from Nicole, and Nicole says, Hi, guys and girly. Yeah. I recently discovered your podcast while searching for ones about Carnex stones and have had a healthy addiction ever since. Healthy is a bad choice of words. <laughs> it's the best kind of addiction. I think this is a healthier addiction than, say, smack. That's fair. Yeah. Can, yeah. can we stop? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Uh, you guys do your homework, often intelligently feasible theories, and infuse it with a lot of humor. Today alone, I've busted out laughing twice while catching up on some of your older episodes. I commute about 70 miles to work and Holy listen to you. Crap. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's hideous. It's Ugh. a huge commute. I whine about my commute. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I commute about 70 miles to work, and listening to you guys really helps me pass the time. I also am pleasantly surprised to know that you're from Portland, Oregon, which is obviously where we are, as uh, I was born and raised in the Willamette Valley, which for anybody who doesn't know the Portland area, we're in Oregon, which Portland is at the north tip, and the Willamette Valley is south of us. So Mm -hmm. Eugene, you know where Eugene or Salemish is? Yeah, all the way down there. Big cities. For those Simpsons fans, Springfield. Yeah. Springfield. They yeah. finally, and by the way, they finally revealed that, yes, indeed, uh, Springfield, Oregon is the setting of for Of course the it is, because Matt Groening's from Portland. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Anyway, we, we all knew They that. were coy but, about that for years. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, Nicole then goes on to suggest a, uh, a story for us to look into, which oh, cool. Thanks, was Nicole. friggin' hilarious. Uh-huh. And I have an idea on how to work that in somewhere, though I'm, mm-hmm. as always, not going to reveal that to anybody, including you two, you Spoiler. Uh-huh. Yeah, so... But no, uh, thank you, Nicole, for the email, and uh, that uh, is a terrible commute, and I'm happy that we're at least making it a I'm little glad more bearable. I'm better for you, and uh, I hope you find uh, either a job that's closer to home or a home that's closer to job. <laughs> good good luck to you. Isn't sad when that's the state I don't. of affairs yeah. in our world? I don't. I hope she continues that's just, that's to commute. That's stop listening to yeah. us. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, no. Uh, please stay at that job, Nicole. Uh, love it. Don't ever leave. Never leave. Yeah, Is that better? Exactly. exactly. Better. Okay. Uh, thanks very much for the email, Nicole, and uh, for thinking sideways. I would like to say goodbye. Good night, everybody. Good night. And when I say goodbye, I don't mean forever. I just mean for this week. <laughs> <laughs>